This podcast is brought to you by Zotes Sunflower Seeds, the number one flavored sunflower seeds on the planet. Visit Zotes.com. Now, welcome to the Accidental Experience with Mark Comer. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Accidental Experience. I'm Mark Comer. Coming to you live, well, at least right now it's live, from Warsaw, Poland, and connected with none other than Jimmy Boyd. Jimmy, how you doing, buddy? Second place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, I, I I flew, it took me about 21 hours to get here. I just got here about an hour ago. And the whole trip. I went through Vancouver, through Amsterdam, then to Warsaw, and I, there was one thing on my mind. What, what do you think that one thing was that was on my mind? How I just started it differently than I have for the last year <laughs> plus. <laughs> I am very happy, and I'm not even tired. I haven't slept in two days. I'm not tired because <laughs> as, as I landed in Amsterdam, I pulled up the, the scores and saw that the Giants, uh, the Shark, as us Giants fans like to call Samarja. Um, you, start that, is, you guys started that, right? It, it's very, I'm, sure, I'm sure because it's very fitting with McCovey Cove. There's a lot of sharks that swim right outside, uh, you, know, yes. you know, the, the it Splash Cove, as, as one Barry Bonds made it famous. Yeah, why do you jump into after-home run balls when there's sharks left and right just waiting to eat it you? It shows you the commitment of the fan base. True. And they're very committed. So here's here's what's interesting, Jim. In, in all seriousness, well, we're never always we're never all serious, but medium seriousness. You know, you know, a week ago, you know, two weeks ago, Giants get swept by the D backs, D bags. The uh, then they go on the road. Um, you know, I think they, they they weren't even 500 on the road, and now all of a sudden, it's been a complete turnaround. Um, they've won eight in a row. Um, they're they are uh, three and a half games up. On the, on the Dodgers and the Rockies, uh, 25-18, and have the second-best record, I believe, in, in, uh, in the National League. And if you even scroll, excuse me, scroll down, yeah, they're tied for second in all of baseball right now. So you tell me what has happened in that beautiful city, in that beautiful stadium by the bay. Uh, I think they figured out uh, how to hit, and the bullpen came together. Or right. to hit, pitch the back end and then the bullpen you know you always had the top three guys have pitched well all year which was always what we were nervous about down south as we say not south but south and uh it looks like uh if you could just get a little luck out of kane and Peavy or get some offense on those days you guys are going to be in good shape which sucks for us uh but you know what your average win has been by like 1.7 runs in this little streak so yeah. if there's a yeah. silver, if there's a tinge of silver lining for us SoCalers, it's that uh, you're just hitting one of those things, and uh, the balls are finding the holes uh, when they need to. But it's not like you're doing Chicago Cub work where you're winning eight to two every game. So well, if there's a, a little hope, we, that's you, what we're taking. You, right you bring up a very very good point, which you always do. The the run differential for the Cubs is 106 plus 106. The run differential for the Cardinals, who are in third place and seven games back of the Cubs, is plus 55. And 
The run differential for the first place San Francisco Giants, which does have a nice ring, is plus 10. Yeah, no, they, so, they've, uh, yeah, and, and you haven't played great teams, but you know what? Those are the games you got to win, right? Hey, those are the hey. games that you need to pad those stats because ultimately it's, it's a long season. We're a quarter of the way through, but you've got to get those seeing eye singles to go at the right time. Dodgers like to do two outs and then get their two hits instead of two hits, then a bunt, then a sacrifice fly. But, but how dare you say that the Padres are not a good team? I mean, yeah, well, the, well, we our can, San Diego listeners are really upset with you right now. Yeah, the beauty of our podcast, as we've talked about, is that we can go back to what you were saying about the Pods after the Dodgers beat them in the first three games, 72-0. to zero. So, uh, <laughs> I don't think you had a lot of high praise. I mean, there was some good stuff you said about them, but not a lot sure. of high praise. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, though. You've you got to win those games. And, mm-hmm. and the thing that's interesting is it's not even these seeing eye singles. It's, you know, two days ago, Hunter Pence on a, a 0-2 count takes a fastball over the right field fence, 2-1, to one, the game ends 2-1. to one. Uh, The day before, um, I believe it was a one nothing game for, um, this was me, yeah, for the Padres, it's one nothing, and Crawford on a 3-0 pitch hits a ball uh, out of the, the, you know, right center, over the right center field fence. And um, they win like, you know, four to one or what, whatever it was. But they're getting key hits. And, you know, Crawford, the thing about him who won the Silver Slugger last year, he didn't hit. I, I'll bet his average last year was around 265. But he gets clutch hits. He just, he just gets clutch hits. He makes clutch plays. And also Pagan has been back in the lineup. Um, and, and Span has been hitting very well. And our boy Panic who we, I was worried and you were thrilled that he was going through a little bit of a, a junior slump. Um, he had four hits yesterday. You know, he's brought his average up a lot, and he's just, you can tell he's seeing the ball a lot better. So it's, it's really interesting, but I did read something online on some message board uh, to earlier today that said, with, with all the money they have, why can't the Dodgers go get some, some middle relief pitchers instead of blowing leads every time they have them? Dang, you know, it would almost be awesome if I've ever, I've never brought that up, have I? Is that <laughs> never. Yeah, never. Well, they went after Chapman and then Chapman gets, you know, suspended for beating his wife, which he should have and but you know what, take the 30 days, that's fine. I, I would have I would have still been more than happy. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand how we can pay millions of billions of dollars and not get sixth, seventh, and eighth inning. You know, you watch the the Warriors right now, right, the Golden State Warriors, and a lot of the talk is, oh, we want to emulate the Golden State Warriors, but we can't do it because we don't have those players. Have you heard that conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you can emulate the Royals. You can emulate the San Francisco Giants of the last six years when they had the seventh, eighth, and ninth guy good because you can go out and get those guys. Yeah, like, and, and, and a lot of times, Jim, they're, they're they're not well. They're not big name players even necessarily. If you go look at the Giants bullpen, you know they they, they have Casilla, who's been a closer for a couple of years now. You know they have then they have a, a they have Javi Lopez, that that the lefty who comes in who actually came in with two outs in the bottom of the ninth against uh, I think of the the D backs. Uh, Casilla pitched two outs, lefty comes up and Lopez comes in. But the, the other guys are guys that, you know, a lot of guys haven't even really heard of. Strickland's getting some innings. There, there, there's just 
all you got to do is you got to have those guys that can come in and, and get a batter out in the seventh or eighth when when the when the when you're up by a run and you gotta you know you gotta shut down the other team. And so far, you know that's what they've been doing. Now, what's interesting about Chapman? It looks like he's I don't know. Did he play any games at the beginning of the year? Or did his suspension happen no, before the year started? No, he just came right in. I don't even know what he's doing. But I watched his first game, and they were up by three when he came in. But he struck out all three guys, or no, he struck out two. Then the next guy hit a homer, and then the next guy struck out. But it, well, here, here's what he's doing: six innings pitched, three hits, one run, one earned run, um, eight strikeouts, and five saves. And uh, you know, I. I am very happy that the Yankees picked him up and not the Dodgers because it, I think it would be very, very different right now had Chapman, even if it's just six games. But think about having him for your last, you know, at least having him available over the last ten games and he comes in and throws six yeah, innings well, and gives up one run. Well, we've blown eight saves, and a chunk of those have been in the seventh and eighth inning. Just say he's in there for half of those. Say he right. saves four of those games or j- – Kenley Jensen saves him. Uh, you know, that's four. We're back in first place, but we're not well, because we can't freaking figure it out. Well, the, what's what's also interesting is, you know, the Yankees are are paying. You know, maybe karma's a, a good thing. Or, you know, they're eighteen and twenty two right now. You know, they'll they'll obviously come back, and especially now with him in the bullpen. But hopefully, they'll pay for uh, signing the guy right out from under. You guys, now, did, did the Dodgers decide not to sign him because... Yeah, yeah no, we of, took the trade off. We, we had it. It was ours. It was done deal. It came out, and they vetoed the trade. Wow. All the info came out the same day. So while he was getting ready to go take his physical, the Dodgers pulled out. Well, so a, thir- a quarter of the way through the season, and, you know, what is your takeaway from the Dodgers? Is it changed now after, you know, whatever, 40 yeah, games well, played. Well, yes and no. I mean, I've always been worried about the bullpen made as, is coming back to life. You know, I always said, and again, the beauty of the pot, I always said the great part about Maeda is that the first half of the year he'll be pretty dominant, and then he he will be who he will be in the second half of the year uh, because that's where guys figure it out, and those Japanese pitchers are really crafty at the beginning before people figure out what they've got. Um the second half's hitting him a little earlier. His last two games, he hasn't played well. But it's still kind of setting the table for hopefully Ryu to come back or whatever. Uh, the thing that's killing me is I thought Puig would at least give me 275, 280. He does not look right. And Turner at third base, who for the last two years had the best average in baseball, has played horrible. And that's our 3-4 guy. Or, I'm sorry, that was our 2-3 and three hitters. And so we're not scoring runs, but to make up for it, we're pitching really bad. So, well, um, not great. But, but the thing about Turner is, at least he has a, another career, uh, you know, to fall back on. Uh, you Pornography. Know, L- Lucky Charms is looking for, um, you know, their new mascot. And well, that's I good think that- because <laughs> yeah, because he uh, he wasn't getting paid when he was the Notre Dame mascot. That's a that's not a paid position. <laughs> So. <laughs> oh well, you know it's a long season, and of course, you know one. The thing is, one month from now, we could be talking about the fact that the Dodgers went on a run, which they always do, and usually it's after the All Star break. And and you know what I'm thinking now is just 
Giants, get your get it together. Get your almost not guaranteed, but but give yourself a great chance to win with Bumgarner, um, Cueto, and Samarj. And like you said, Kane pitched a very good game last week, uh, and Peavy actually pitched a good game. I think he may have lost, but he he gave up maybe a couple of earned runs, and I I still don't like that. I I don't mind giving Kane a little more time, but but man, I think you got to go out and get a. Get a fifth starter. So, well, you're, so you guys, you guys are like the Dodgers uh, six years, where we've had the three, or however long we had Granky, three, four years, where we had the three big guys, and if the four and five, whether San Francisco decides to put up seven runs for PV, and then Kane gets lucky, or PV has one of his good games, and then the Dodgers score seven for Kane, what that does is that's how you get on these streaks. That's what you're on a six-game streak. A week ago at our pod, same day, a week ago, you were like, well, neither of us are going to go very far, and now you're on a six-game streak and everything's gravy. It can happen that quick when you have three big-time pitchers at the yeah. front of your rotation. Yeah. You yeah. can run no. those. You can all of a sudden go 10-2, and two and you'd be like, wow, how do we do that with our four and five? Well, those are the days that you guys put up a lot of runs, or one of them had a good day, and then the other three just pitched well. Yeah. No, you're exactly right, and it can change very quickly. You know, the team, obviously, that everybody's concerned about has to be the Cubs, and the Cardinals are very, very good as well. And so, well, you got um, you got them coming up. You got Arietta yeah. today, so uh, yeah. That's well, TV and Arietta, you know, so hopefully that changes it. Arietta's overrated. He's really not that good. I know. So anyway, <laughs> so still not as good as Kershaw. Who I. I can't understand how you could be that good for that long. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and, I agree. Oh, here's a here's a here's a fun thing. So I got a text uh, on. Uh, this isn't your text, trying to badmouth Kershaw. This is from one of my buddies. Like, Dodgers are up seven three, or no, Dodgers are up six to one, or something like that in the ninth. Why is Kershaw going back out? I'm like, really? Because our bullpen's freaking exhausted, and uh, we can't trust them anyways. A, they're exhausted, and B, we can't trust them. So we have to put a guy that's shown a propensity to not pitch well in the playoffs because he's exhausted to have to pitch a ninth inning up 5-1. to one. So, Right. There you go, Dodger fans. Good times as always. Well, that's, uh, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's move on to something else that, uh, that's kind of fun right now. What do you, you know, have you been watching the uh, uh, Warriors and uh, OKC, you know, uh, have you been watching that series? Because I, we caught the first two games, and man, there's there's a lot of athletes on the floor when those two teams play. Yeah, you know, I remembered a certain host of a brilliant podcast saying that he was going to take his son to one of those hey, games. Hey. It seems like by the time he gets home, that might not happen. But <laughs> well, we'll, see, we'll see if that dad tells truth, or if he's one of those dads like in the movies where, yes, son, I'm going to be there for your birthday. Then he doesn't show up, and the kid's all depressed. And then later, the dad turns into a donkey and comes back and wins the heart of his son. Because that well, might have to happen. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up. Because I got to tell you, it has been a very uh, popular topic in our household. Because I said, "Look, we'll go out to a game, but we're going to San Francisco. Go catch a couple baseball games and watch the Warriors play." And then, as we looked at the schedule, um, it it may be it may be a little more challenging and. I don't know how I will ever win the trust back with, with Chase if I, if I don't make it happen. Well, in the movies, you'll either turn into an animal and then be a part of that. Like, <laughs> there's one coming out where the guy turns into a cat and then wins the love of his daughter back. Or 
what I'm hoping is that it's like liar, liar, where you can't tell a lie anymore. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm waiting to do that podcast where you can't tell a lie, and I ask you if you're secretly a Dodger fan and <laughs> wait anxiously to find out what your uh, what your answer is. So, Well, it's... Uh... It is fun. I like as we've talked about. I haven't. I don't follow the NBA as much as I used to, but it sure is entertaining to watch. I mean, Russell Westbrook again, and I've said this before. He has got to be the best ath- overall, just pure athlete in the world. I mean, that guy is just unbelievable, and and he takes some stupid shots sometimes. He forces it sometimes, but man, and then you got Durant when he's on, and that the one game that he was like ten for his first thirteen shots or something. You just you just can't stop them. But they're going against a veteran team that's been there, and uh, series is tied uh, one apiece now. So we'll see what well, happens. It's going to be awesome. But is there any doubt in your mind? I, I mean, there's not any doubt in my mind. I don't know. Maybe you have, that if Westbrook grew up in Brazil, he'd be the greatest soccer. People wouldn't even know Pele. They'd be like Pele. Oh yeah, he was all right. Wouldn't Westbrook have been the greatest soccer player or football player ever? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, putting him, what is he? He's probably, what is he, 6'2", maybe? 6'3"? Might even be a little taller, but, uh, you know, I used to always say Reggie Bush because he's a little short. I mean, he's right about six foot and a little shorter. But Westbrook, when he, he is so violent towards the basketball. Like, yeah. he's going, and most people would just kind of, like, pull up or he, he goes at it so hard I get nervous, like he's going to kill himself. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I think he would be he would be an unbelievable, I mean, an unbelievable soccer player, and uh, he'd be he would be making about a hundred and fifty million dollars a year right now. Right, and his sassy outfits. I don't know if he'd change it up and put a little Brazilian flavor to it, but he might go Rio on it. But he's already looking good now. <laughs> good night if he had that Brazilian blood. Well, it's it's exciting, and and I'm excited to. Uh, you know, to keep uh, keep watching that series because that that is a series, like I said, that really, uh, you know, really has has my interest. So so let's let's talk a little bit though about about where we're we're bringing this pod to you from. You're you're in your usual usual park in Compton, um, right? And, and that's that's, that's great. How I and, do it. And I'm in in downtown Warsaw right now, uh, Poland, and you know it's uh it's a really interesting country. I, uh, what hostel gonna be, are you staying at? Um, just a youth hostel, you know. Uh, you know, got to be sixteen to twenty-four years old, and and I fit right in, you know. So, so it's uh, and it's a haunted hostel. Um, so uh, you know, it should be really interesting. Yeah, if but, two really good-looking lesbians ask you to hang out. <laughs> run, just run. <laughs> so, so, so I'll be here till Monday. And then we're going to go to Ostrava, and then like Borneo, and then Prague, Czech Republic. So I will be back next Thursday. So we'll do our pod probably next Friday morning, and, and I can give you a little right. review. But it's ready? it's really interesting, um, you know, when you get out here on on the other side, on this side of the pond. Um, a lot of a lot of things are different. A lot of things are different. Though I did in in the Amsterdam airport, I did see. A guy wearing a San Francisco Giants hat, and guess what I said to him? Can you guess? Yeah, you said I didn't know there's gay people in Amsterdam. <laughs> I said, "Go Giants!" Oh. And of course, he smiled and thumbs up, and we high fived. And 
you know, then you found out it was actually the Tokyo Giants because you're so far away from home. <laughs> he was like, yeah, Harasada, oh, yes, I did just pull that out. Boom, take that. Actually, that's part of a Beastie Boy song, too. I've got more hits than Harasada, oh. <laughs> well, um, it's, it's, it's a long trip, and this one was a little unique, flying up to Vancouver, which is a beautiful city, but you do need to 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 be able to speak Chinese when you're in Vancouver. And which is great. It's a great language to learn. Not, not, not saying that in a bad way. And, uh, the alphabet's super easy. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, the flight to Amsterdam is about a 10-hour 10 10 flight. So it's, uh, and then a two-and-a-half-hour flight down here. So it's, uh, it's been good. Got some big events going on here. And, and you know, gonna, I'm sure a lot of the people in the crowd will be um, pod, you know, Jimmy and Mark oh, followers. Good. And, and yeah, you well, know, listen, listening to our pod. I'm sure DC can tell us, man. I'll bet we get a ton of downloads, downloads from uh, Poland and, and uh, Czech Republic. Oh, it's probably one of the biggest spots. And here's, are you ready for the big, I promised you a bombshell. Are you ready for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. You know me, I'm half... Uh, German, half English, proud both sides, especially okay. on the German side. Watch my German soccer team win the World Cup. You couldn't be any more <laughs> intense and involved as I am. Uh, Kopf on Scheister, there's a little German for you. I was doing my family search history thing, which I'm apt to do. Mm-hmm. And I found out, after much research, that my mother's side, German, is actually Prussia. Which is part Poland. I'm part Polish. Stunt that stunt. is a bombshell. Uh, yes. Uh, so can you see my countrymen there and yes. tell them that I love them dearly? Which I guess they do everything backwards, so love means hate. But actually tell them, I, tell them I hate them, that means I love them. Because they always do, they're, they're like screwed up backwards people, right? Yeah. I, I, I yeah. don't know at all. It actually really sounds... Uh, Russian when they speak okay. uh, Polish and okay. and I got a text from a friend not to one up you so I would never want to do that but <laughs> his uh, his grand, great grandfather is from Czech Republic and actually he said to look for the town that it's his, his last name is the name of the town so okay. he's got a town uh, over here in Czech Republic that's about 30 minutes outside of Prague so I might I might venture on out there and you know take a picture and you know, there's a lot of interesting pictures, a lot of photos. You know, Accidental Guru, I think, at Accidental Guru or at Ska Monkey Boy. Um, you know, you can, uh, you can follow some of the, the happenings going on here. So, so, got some big stuff going on, but there's one more thing that I wanted to bring up. We, talked, we said yes. we were going to talk about this uh, last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I tweeted it out, and it talked about relevance, college football programs that were relevant. And... The relevancy, it brought in, I think, attendance, and it brought in a whole bunch of different things. And, and BYU was um, probably, um, I would say, in the, the, in the upper third, maybe upper half, but upper third of all P5 uh, sports programs. And, and that's a very non-biased, very uh, scientific study. Mm-hmm. You know I love science. Of, a couple of sports fans must have put together, but uh, there you have it, you know. So the only reason, there's one reason why they're not in the Pac-12, 
There's one reason why they're not bigotry. already in the Big 12. Yeah, it's bigotry. It's uh, hatred of religion. <clears throat> no, that's, uh, that's right. And, and, and so there's a lot going on with the Big 12 um, right now, obviously, the 10-team the Big 12 conference. And I think uh, there's two hang-ups for BYU not getting to number one is a Sunday play. It makes things a little more challenging. Number two is it, it enters into a third time zone, the, the conference, because they picked up West Virginia. Why they picked up West Virginia, I don't know. But, but because of that, there's three time zones that would be in it. And that seems to be a pretty big topic. Now, all the other things. Well, it's pretty simple. They're huge John Denver fans, and he talks about West Virginia. That's okay. the simple fact. And that's, I that's, agree 100%. Well, you have um, in, in the Big 12, in the Big t- the, the 10 teams right now, BYU comes in at about, I would say, probably fourth place overall as far as the power, uh, their athletic program relevance. So it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, there was an interesting, fun little um, um, poll that was on Twitter a couple days ago but the, the, the University of Utah, you know that one team? I think they're in the Pac-12. I can't remember. Um, their, their uh, sports broadcaster uh, put a poll out on Twitter. And they said, what of all these games are you most excited about? And it had BYU, it had um, USC, you know, because I think, is SC at Utah this year? Or are they at? Um... Yes, we're at Utah. Okay, okay. So, so he goes and he puts his poll out. And it's Washington, Oregon, USC, and BYU to their... These are two the Utah fans that that BYU is no longer relevant, of course, to them. Is what they say that BYU is a mid major and and Utah's long since moved on. They put together a poll: uh, BYU, SC, Oregon, Washington. Washington came in last at two percent that they were most excited to see. Oregon came in third at eleven percent. The last two was UC, USC and BYU, 22% and 65%. Now, what, what do you 65 think? 65 for USC, right? 65 for USC because that's the big rivalry. Yeah, no, uh, 65% what? for BYU. So, oh, so the funny thing about all that is now all the Utah fans are blaming. Um, oh, here, here's, here's one comment. It, one guy says, remember, Utah fans don't care about BYU, but that's the home game they're most excited for this year. That's a BYU guy. So a response by a very um, educated Ute fan said, before or after your idiot fan base started voting on a Utah poll? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a couple of things. The big elephant in the room on the, on the first thing you talked about on the scientific poll that they went in and did relative uh, what your school means is, and I've been saying it for years. Well, let me backtrack. Have you ever met someone in water that's into water polo and they're so into it and their kids are really good at it that they think that people care about water polo? Have you ever met that kind of people? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my sister's kids were like water. One of them went to ASU, another one went to Chapman to play a college out here, another one uh, played at UCI. Um, they would talk about water polo like it was a Super Bowl and everyone cared about it. And I'd be like, you know, no one cares about water polo. Like, how? What are you talking? Water polo is huge. I'm like, no one cares. It's it's great that your kids are awesome and they're going to get educations from it. That's wonderful, and it's a it's a good sport and all that. But nobody cares, and that's right. how I feel like when I'm talking to someone that it's a U fan. Like, I'm glad that you in Salt Lake have finally been viable after 
400 years of being crappy. I'm glad that you're part of uh, a hanger honor of the Pac-12, but nobody cares about you. I do because I always bring it up because I hate them so much, and I just try to bring truth. I feel like, I, you know, I have to get back in the whale, and they keep taking me back, and I have to teach more and more truth. But no one cares about Utah outside of it, and I've been saying it for years, and then the poll comes out of what their relevance is, and there they are right there with Washington State and Oregon State, which uh-huh. I've been saying for 100 years but never actually did any data on it. And <laughs> it's, it's like Malcolm Gladwell's blink. Like You just know right away if you're, in, if you're from the outside looking in what something is. And Utah is a joke in the Pac-12. No one cares about them. And that they think that they're part of this fraternity. It's, it's like the kid that got into the fraternity because his dad went there, you know, and no one likes him. It's flounder. You're flounder from Animal House, Utah. That's who you well, are. That's what you'll always be. Now, every once in a while, we run into a Utah fan, and we have, like we always say, we have a couple very good friends that we love that are, that are Utah fans. But every once in a while, you run into one that actually speaks the truth. So on this poll, there's a bunch of Utes saying this poll was hijacked by Zubies. You know, this, uh, you know, BYU shouldn't have even been an option on the poll. You know, that kind of stuff. Control the media. So another guy comes in, a Ute fan, and he says, BS, dude. BYU is and always will be our biggest rival. Screw this posturing. I'm editing it for the kids. Um, right. It, you know, and so, so it is... Somebody said, and he says, it is for a ton of reasons, including recruiting, bragging rights, growing fan base. And so the guys are arguing. And so then he says, LOL, okay, so USC, then our 100-year-old rival BYU, who we all hate, then the rest. Are you happy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and guess what? How many people are really excited about it out here in SoCal about that game? If, If we put our biggest games, I guarantee... That one goes just above Fresno State, you know. <laughs> we, it, it was like when BYU used to play Wyoming. I went to Wyoming, and I did a very stupid thing. I was in Cheyenne, which, oh gosh, I'd rather I'd rather go to jail and tell everyone there I'm a pedophilia than have to live in Cheyenne, um, <laughs> which I'm not, by the way. Jeez, um, I. I uh, it's a horrible place. So I walked in, and at first it starts snowing, and this is two weeks ago. Why it's snowing near Mother's Day. That's Cheyenne, Wyoming. There you go. And I roll on in, and it's snowing, so I put on my jacket, which Marcus Comer was so sweetly uh, got me a few years back. It's a BYU kind of rain, winter, athletic jacket. I put it on, I walk in, and the guy's like, get out, take the jacket off, and then come back in. Like, first off, I respect that. But right, I, I absolutely. Thought, I thought, oh yeah, like, I would never wear that in Salt Lake, uh, going in as visiting customers. But I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. People here, we used to just used to be their right. We used to be their rival. But I, I didn't think about because I never cared about Wyoming. You know, when I was going to BYU, and never right, thought, oh that's right. that's a big rivalry because it wasn't. I didn't care. That's how Utah should be about BYU, but they're not. They're the opposite. They're like Wyoming. I freaking get out. You're more than welcome, but take the jacket off. You're not allowed to come in here with that. And uh, the irony of the whole thing was the guy that told me to take it off is a member of the LDS Church, which I thought was even funnier that uh, he loves his school that much. And, and uh, anyways, fun story of Wyoming. Uh, Utah sucks and always will. 
all those people that we love that went to Utah, sorry, your school sucks. And what's up, Gomer? Well, it, it is it is fun, and it is uh, fun to talk about, and and uh, you know, uh, kind of bring hopefully bring people a little bit a dose of reality, right? A, a yeah, dose of I the want. truth. Just don't so. think you're great. Just think you're cool, and that's fun. Yeah. Right. So, so since we're on a little limited time, I didn't know if we had any emails. Uh, uh, we got some quick ones. I'll run them through right now. Okay. Uh, you, uh, you go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, I actually wrote these ones in Poland, Polish, wow. now that I found out that I'm uh, from Prussia. Okay. <laughs> uh, first one, I don't know if you uh, saw what was going on here, but I think you did. Hey guys, totally stoked on the new supergroup combining Public Enemy, Cypress Hill, and Rage Against the Machine. Anytime a group can get together to promote socialism, pot, and Black Lives Matter, I'm all in. Sincerely, Bernie Sanders. Wow. That is awesome. So Bernie's pumped on. Did you hear about the supergroup? Do you care about Oh, yeah. I tweeted it. I I retweeted it. I saw a Rolling Stone article and retweeted it. All right. So that's... Uh, never was a big Cypress Hill guy. I thought they were more like uh, Tenacious D, where they were pretty good, but it was more hilarious what they were singing about mm-hmm. than like more comedy-ish than uh, you know actually being a great band. But Public Enemy is the best, of course, and uh, and Rage, Rage is my life. Like that's I yeah. live by their code. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Okay, uh, here's the other one. This one I do want to get your quick take. For those wondering how I felt about Jose Batista's bat flip in the playoffs, well, you got your answer. Sincerely, Roughned Odor, Texas Rangers. Um, the only problem I had with Batista, what happened was he got drilled earlier in the game. He's sliding across the base hard. He wasn't yeah. out of the base path necessarily, but he was going across the base hard. Now, before Utley, that, that would have caused a fight still, but it wouldn't have been against the rules. And um, I think for him, it was a little retaliation. The irony here is Oder or Odair or whoever the, the, that shortstop is, he's, he's slid. There, uh, a friend, Ryan Roberts, our, our baseball buddy, his son mm-hmm. went out and found like six different videos of this same Odair or whatever sliding oh, yeah. really hard into the second base. <laughs> yeah. No, when Batiste flipped the bat and started that home run trot last year, mm-hmm. Odair's just like, if I have one sweet wish. Every night he got on his dirty hands and knees and prayed, just let him come into second base hard. Please, just let him come into second Like, <laughs> that guy, have you ever seen a sports punch that hard? I've seen no. a lot of horrible sports punches. Have you seen that good of a sports punch? That overhand right just rocked Bautista. It was awesome. <laughs> he came with a second one, but Bautista was backpedaling, and he missed it by about an inch. <laughs> and that would have just put Batista out for a while. But I loved it. I love that they hit him. I love that he bat flipped. I love that he went hard back at him. And I love that he got punched in the face. All, All that right. part made me love baseball. <laughs> All right. So uh, any any other great emails? Because those are great. No. Those are quick and, quick and easy. I need you to, uh, you know, by the way, why people make fun of uh, people from Poland? Mm. Why there's all those Polish jokes, which were Why? just classic, Why? hilarious as kids. Because they went to fight a war uh, against tanks. I think it was Russia or Germany. I know it was Germany in World War II. And they went to fight the tanks with people on horses. And 
they got wiped out pretty quick. But they made like a big deal about how brave it was to fight these tanks with people, uh, you know, riding horses. And well, everyone thought that was kind of funny. And then that's that's the genesis of the Polish jokes. Well, I told a good friend of mine, Polish guy, who's who uh, I'll be seeing here in a little while. He said there's a reason why when you come to Warsaw, the city looks relatively new overall. And you go to Prague and you have all these 800-year-old castles and all these things. It's because the Polish picked up uh, weapons and tried to fight and the um, Czech Re- Republic didn't. They just kind of said, all right, Germans, come on in, go go your own way, you know, just do whatever you want. So that's kind of the, the standing sentiment here among the, the Polish people uh, here yeah, about uh, about fighting. So, but, That's you my know, people, by the way. Don't to say them. Yeah. That's me. Your people. And they're great people. Yes. I really enjoy coming to Poland. Very, very nice people. And with that, we are going to wrap it up because I got things to do. You got things to do. Um, getting close to dinner time here. And I look forward to next week and it could be completely flipped as where the Giants and Dodgers are in the standings based on uh, what's what's happening over the next week. So let's uh, let's reconvene about one week from right now. Thank you very much for going to your favorite spot in Compton. Be safe. And, uh, you know, until, uh, until next time, we will definitely catch you on the flip side. Second place sucks. <laughs>